1: What are you thinking? I remember every meal I ever cooked. I remember every person
0: I ever served. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. That's my panic.
1: Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time
0: scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad. This season, we are shining the spotlight on art house films and the power of cinema within our lives. Today's focus is the 2021 drama Pig by director Michael Sarnowski. To unpack this film, I am accompanied by one of the hosts of the film podcast reshoots and Portland cinephile Ed. Ed, welcome back to Syndicates.
0: I'm glad to be back. Thank you for this opportunity.
1: Of course. Yeah, we're missing your other two hosts, but it's just you and I today. So today you recommended the movie Pig. So before we get into the movie, I do have to say and ask, Nicolas Cage is the star of this film. How did you first encounter Nicolas Cage growing up?
0: I'm not exactly sure, but it's probably got to be National Treasure.
1: Oh, yeah. Looking for the Declaration of Independence.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The hidden clues and all that.
1: Yeah, I think around the same time. I didn't watch National Treasure, but my friends and I watched uh, Ghost Rider when that came out. <laughs> so I think that was like my introduction to uh, Nicholas Cage, because like, he is like this weird film specter that's like in every single movie and also in nothing at the same time, because like <laughs> it takes whatever work that is uh, thrown at him. Um, but, you know, I'm used to a certain quality of film when, when Nicholas Cage is uh, attached to it. And I was pleasantly surprised watching Pig because it was actually a good movie.
0: Yeah, that's... I've been trying to recommend this movie to other people, and I... Whenever I say that Nicolas Cage is a star, they're like, oh, it's that kind of movie, huh?
1: <laughs> right, because, like, your podcast, you did, like, at least, what, two Nicolas Cage movies? It was Knowing, and... Did you do Left Behind, or was it Next?
0: I don't know if we did Next. I think
1: I recommend I don't remember. It, I was like, check out Next. And then... <laughs> Because, like, Hector asked you, and you were like, oh, I saw that. Yeah, we're going to watch that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've seen a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. Ever since uh, Mandy came out, I've been going out of my way to watch more of his movies. Mm.
1: Yeah, Mandy is like, okay. So, Pig and Mandy are, like, almost hand-in-hand on the opposite spectrum of, like, Cage acting. Because, like with Pig, which I was, you know, I was very surprised because like Nicholas Cage was very subdued in this film, as opposed to Mandy, where like the director was probably like, yeah, go crazy. Yeah. We want to see the crazy Nicholas Cage. And this is like, you know, a very somber and very subdued version of the Nicholas Cage that we, we know.
0: Yeah. That that was also something I noticed where he's so quiet and not screaming. How's it burned or something like that? Right.
1: <laughs> so, okay. So you recommended pig today. How did you first encounter the movie pig?
0: I'm also not quite sure how I heard about the movie. Uh, but I know that one of Ruthie's friends worked on the movie actually and met Nicholas cage Whoa. while working on it since it was, Filmed here in Portland.
1: That's really cool. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) So this is a Portland film. And I do have to ask, right off the bat, did this capture the Portland spirit? Because, like, when you guys watch the movie... You went in the Discord server and you're like, everyone needs to watch this movie. It's like, so like, I don't know if uh, Michael, the director, is from Portland, but it feels like he's from Portland because he captured the essence of Portland. Can you explain how this uh, director, in your eyes, captured the essence of
0: Portland? It it did a good way. Uh, First of all, The Grey Skies was perfect. Of course. A little bit of humor. (laughs) But also just, just the the feel of like uh, early on in the movie, there's a scene of food carts and a uh, food cart like area, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of those in Portland, and just the way the people dress, the way everyone is kind of doing their own thing and kind of quiet, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really captured the whole uh, hipster kind of stuff in mm-hmm. that. Seeing the little montage as they drive into Portland for the first time, seeing a lot of buildings I recognize, it it did capture that whole kind of like nightlife of Portland that I miss since I can't go there right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, everything's closed. Yeah. And also you work night. That too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I've never been to Portland, but like... It felt like a slice of life, specifically a very particular life, which is truffle hunting. Um, Would you say, because I did a little bit of research, and it seems that the truffle scene is very huge in Portland. Um, Have you encountered this, whether going to restaurants or just being in Portland?
0: Uh, I haven't encountered the life of truffle hunting or anything like that. But yeah, (laughs) people in Portland love to put truffles in a lot of stuff, and it is seasonal usually. Yeah. Wow, there's that's... a lot of truffle fries. That's for sure. Oh my
1: God. You know, I have a story. So, um, there's a whiskey bar relatively close to me and I went with a few friends and, uh, my one particular friend, his name is Dan. He ordered this, uh, mac and cheese platter. And the waiter asked, do you like, uh, would you like to add truffle oil for like a little bit of a fee? And he was like, man. And then, Myself included and my other friends were like, you got to get it. Got to get the truffle oil. Just do it. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do the truffle oil. So then uh, the food runner comes. like, Here's your food. He takes one bite. And he's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. I was like, okay, you're, you're hamming it up. And he's like, no. And then like the waiter came and he's like, how's everyone's food? He grabbed the waiter's hand and was like, listen, you need to tell the chef. This is the greatest meal I've ever had in my entire life it was the most and like we're all laughing like oh yeah and he's like no but seriously i'll go back there to the kitchen and tell him myself that this is the best meal i've ever had in my whole life so it took me years to decipher why he had this huge uh a reaction to this platter and it's because he never had truffle before that was his oh. first encounter with truffle and it just i saw it i saw it happen in real time him his mind being blown uh tasting this uh you know, flavor you never experienced before. And so, I mean, have you had that type of reaction by having truffle or is it more normal for you guys?
0: Um, I don't think I had that strong of reaction when I first (laughs) had it, but yeah, I definitely did enjoy it a lot when I first had, I think the first meal I ever had was truffle fries.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Truffle fries is pretty delicious. Um, but like my friend he like for years was like going place to place having their mac and cheese like Triple trying like oil. yes trying to like find like chase the dragon and I'm like dude it's not going to be the same he's like no I can <laughs> I have to try and then I would like ask him like well how was it he's like it's not the same I'm like why don't you go back to the place where you got that dish to begin with he's like no can't do that
0: why not
1: <laughs> he wants to rediscover it somewhere else <laughs> uh Oh, my but, gosh. Yeah, but he ended up revealing, like, I've never had truffle before. I'm like, well, that's a key ingredients. <laughs> yeah. So getting back to pig. So, yeah, the driving force of this uh, movie is uh, the truffle um, experience of having hunting and also distributing and creating culinary uh, dishes from truffle. And this movie perfectly illustrates, I didn't even know this existed, this seedy underbelly of, like, the Portland food scene uh, with truffle where it's like, like a life or death situation.
0: I'm not sure how true that is to actual Portland, but (laughs) we can pretend it's (laughs) true. Yeah, Um, I'm sure there's truffle hunters out there like that live like recluses. Maybe. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: And they live with the pig. (laughs) So uh, the director, uh, Michael Sarnowski this was his directorial debut, and I, I immediately looked, looked up the director. I was like, "This is an incredible film," uh, and I was surprised that it was his first ever film, and it just blew my mind. And I'm totally looking forward to his other uh, movies that he's going to be making down the road.
0: Yeah, I I was actually not aware that he was that this was like his first film. I mm-hmm. didn't really do much of my own research after watching the movie. But yeah, uh, incredible, like first project by this director.
1: Right. Hot out of the gate. Like he came out with this incredibly beautiful film that also illustrates, uh, the pain that our main character goes through, um, as he tries to find his pig. So before we go any further, Ed, I think you know what time it is. (laughs) It's time for some elevator pitches.
0: Please stand clear of the closing door.
1: So for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So here on Syndicate Today, we're going to simulate that by putting 60 seconds on the clock. So Ed, I need you to summarize the film Pig within one minute while avoiding major spoilers. Are you ready?
0: No, but I'll, I'll go for it. (laughs)
1: okay we're gonna start in three
0: two one go so pig is a movie starring Nicolas cage now hold on let me finish (laughs) it is one of it is definitely nick cage's best performance that i've seen and it is one of the better films i've seen of 2021 dune is in there by the way uh (laughs) And it's a story of uh, Nick Cage being a truffle hunter in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Uh, So he hunts truffles with his little pig, his little truffle pig. And eventually events happen where the pig is is taken away (laughs) and he goes looking after the pig. And it is not like John Wick. It is highly emotional, very, very beautiful movie and it really highlights portland in its best light and nice. you should go watch it <laughs> yes absolutely yeah like
1: because like outside of this film i don't really know much about portland but i felt like i learned a lot uh watching nicholas cage and the guy from hereditary <laughs> try to find alex wolf yes alex wolf try to find nicholas cage's pig so yeah like you said so he is a truffle hunter, and he li- he is a recluse. Lives outside of Portland in this shack with his pig, and his business partner, or this guy that he does business with, Alex Wolf, uh, this young uh, business guy, go getter that sells the truffles that Nicholas Cage finds, and because of events that happen, he runs his mouth. People know that this awesome truffle pig finding pig is in Nicholas Cage's hands. And then he gets kidnapped. Uh, and that is the driving force of the film. And I do have to say, it was a wild ride, like in the beginning of the film, because like, I didn't know much about it. I didn't really look into what this movie was about purposefully because I wanted to experience it, uh, with like a clean slate. Um, and, I didn't know that Well, I kind of knew there was a kidnapping plot, but I didn't know that this kidnapping plot would unfold the way it did because I was expecting a movie like Mandy.
0: Yeah. I was honestly expecting a movie like Mandy too. I had, I went into this movie completely blind and when I saw the title and Nick Cage, his long hair and long beard, I was thinking, Mm -hmm. Oh It's like, he's the pig. He's like a nasty kind of like person. That's what I thought going into this movie.
1: (laughs) That would be a completely different film.
0: Yeah. Because like, I was also kind
1: of thinking, I was like, what if he is the pig? But no, (laughs) he has a pet pig. Uh, Yeah, like, I, like you said, I definitely think this is one of his more stronger performances that he has ever done, especially recently. Like, I can't believe we're living in a world where Nicolas Cage has an Academy Award and some other actors that probably deserve it don't. So, but watching Pig, I realized like, okay, this is why he was even... He even has that accolade to begin with because, like, he can act, he can deliver these very genuine performances if he's directed well. Um, I don't know how uh, Michael Sonarski uh, did it, but he definitely got that performance out of Nick Cage, yeah. And I was very
0: surprised, yeah, uh, because I know, like, with Mandy, also, and even Color Out of Space, which isn't great um <laughs> makes sense yeah he still was directed movie. well for all oh, for for that film and mm-hmm. he really let the crazy go out with how the story goes it really fit with color out of space and so
1: with pig what i what was the most striking thing about this film was its visual storytelling um because there's not a whole lot of dialogue, especially from Nicolas Cage. Uh, I think the most he says was in like one scene, which was like the best scene, which was uh, the restaurant scene in the middle of the film, where he confronts like an old protege of his. Um, but Nicolas Cage doesn't really say much in this film, and it's all a lot of the information is told to you uh, through other characters and just like visual cues here and there. I was wondering, what did you think about the storytelling overall in this film?
0: I thought it was, it was, it is the best way to tell a story in film. It -hmm. is a lot of no exposition, but you get that exposition through, yeah, like you said, other characters, like the reaction to seeing uh, Nicolas Cage's character once he's Mm -hmm. back in Portland, since he hasn't been there for a very long time. And yeah, just the way he, uh, the way Nicolas Cage's character introduces himself and how he confronts these people, you get a lot of the sense of what he was like before being a recluse, Right, Uh, his status in the city before that all as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just beautiful movie
1: yeah like even though the movie cause I went into it I was like okay his pig gets stolen he's trying to get his pig back and that is overall you know story that's being told but you learn about his life along the way in such a creative way because like you could have had these quote exposition dumps you could have found out that he is a recluse because of the events that unfolded in his life uh, loss and pain caused him to leave the city and to live in a shack You could have had that dump in the beginning of the film, but it would have been, it's more rewarding and more satisfying to find out these things through his journey that he goes on to get his pig back. And like you said, that is the way to do storytelling is through that subtle means uh, instead of just like treating the audience like they're stupid and like, oh, we need to tell you everything. Yeah. It's like, you need to figure it out by just watching the film.
0: Yeah, well, a way that I like to say those kind of movies is they hold your hand through the story. Mm. This one does not hold your hand. You have to kind of piece it together by yourself, which is what I like to do.
1: Yeah, and it's not even that long of a film. It's 90 minutes, and Mm. within that 90 minutes, it's like no scene is out of place. No scene is there for fluff. Like, there is no fat on this film at all and you could tell because like every single line of dialogue every single action piece every single scene builds towards something else builds towards the end and when we meet Nicholas Cage it's kind of like this specter of the forest and we don't really know why he's there and then as he you know teams up with his business partner to get his pig back you find out that his wife Died. You find out that his business fell apart or he left his business. You learn that he is an extremely famous chef that decided to throw everything away and walk away because of the pain and loss that he experienced. And by going on that journey, it's like, oh my God, like it leaves you with something. You know, it's 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 one of those films that like leaves you wanting more and also the themes like reverberates after the credits roll. And I think if they were to make this film any other way, you would not have that, uh, effect when you leave the theater or press stop.
0: Yeah, I I agree completely. Yeah, It, It is. I find it more and more that movies with themes of loss and grief, for some reason, reverberate a lot with me and, a lot of them are just like fantastic. Uh, right. I got to bring up Hereditary because of Alex Wolf. That also has similar themes, and it's one of, my, one of my favorite films.
1: Right. And I'm glad you bring up Hereditary because, like, so I was watching it and I was like, that's the guy from Hereditary. <laughs> I know who that is. And I would say his performance in Pig was a lot stronger than him in Hereditary. Like, by far. Yes. He
0: definitely improved a lot. And he's more... Uh, it, it obviously helps him portraying more of an adult instead of, like, a teenager in high school, mm. I feel. He
1: yeah really had I like a lot
0: more to the show. Yeah, and I think there's
1: a lot more for him to work with like this. Because, like, his character, you know, juxtapositioned against uh, Nicolas Cage, because Nicolas Cage had the fame, had essentially everything and then walked away while uh, Alex Wolf's character uh, Amir he wants to be successful he has this desire because he's young and he's not quite good at business he's a little bit awkward a little bit clunky and just I just love seeing that ambition that Alex Wolf's performance gives in this film
0: yeah that's true
1: I think the best scene that illustrates that is it's a short scene too, because like when they're trying to find Nicolas Cage's pig, um, Alex is like looking in the mirror, trying to like hype himself up because he's talking to like potential clients to sell the truffles to get information. And he's like practicing what he's going to be saying and how he's going to say it. And then like it hard cuts to the next scene and he's like, Hey dog, <laughs> What's up? Yeah. So it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, not at all. Not smooth at all. Like, um, not very. uh, uh, Not as assertive as he was practicing. No, not at all. Like, he definitely becomes passive because, like, he's inexperienced and he doesn't really know what he's doing. And I just love that contrast um, because, like, he wants to be like his father, a successful businessman. But in actuality, he doesn't have the experience and he probably doesn't have the charisma yet to get where his dad is.
0: Yeah, definitely. He has the charisma when he's alone with Nicolas Cage, but not when he's actually trying to do business with people. That's for right. sure. Right. So since we
1: mentioned his father, well, how did you feel about Amir's um, family dynamic?
0: I can't imagine what he's going through, really. Mm having such a mean father i'd say his mom being in what appears to be a coma right just he must feel so alone is what i'm what i think i'm trying to say just because mm-hmm. his father is not supporting him he's trying to make it on his own yeah he has nothing from his mother it, his dynamic is very uh It's very hard to, like, learn about it in the film. Right. I feel really bad for his character. Yeah,
1: because, like, with Nicolas Cage, he lost his wife, and then he lost his beloved uh, pets. And then with Amir, you find out that he's always also going through something similar because his father is completely... I don't know if it's embarrassment, but like he just doesn't support his son at all and wants nothing to do with him, not even to look at him. And when Amir was telling Cage about his mom, he was describing her like she passed away. Like, oh, you know, uh, she committed suicide and this. And then later in the film, uh, we see that his mom is alive, but in a life support system, vegetative states. And that scene kind of gave the most insight into the character because I don't know if it was like a hospital, but like he opened the door to see his mom, but he couldn't even go in the room or see her. So like you see the the weight that's upon him in that moment.
0: And you also see the... I think part of the reason why he doesn't want to do, Amir doesn't want to do much with his father is because he he says like, why won't dad just let you die? So it seems that his father is keeping her on the life support for whatever reason. And Amir just wants closure, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: It seems
1: the father and the son in different ways, have trouble coping
0: with that. Yeah, uh, his dad becomes very cold, detached, and that seems like a very common way for some people to deal with grief is to just avoid the hurt so they just won't get attached to anybody else. They'll be very cold and living by themselves, more, more or less. Right.
1: Yeah, and that parallels Nicholas Cage because we don't really know what happened and we don't need to know what happened. Like we just know that his wife passed away and he dealt with that grief by getting the pig, truffle hunting pig, and he became very attached to the pig. Um because in the beginning of the film you I mean you can kind of see it, but it's you're led to believe that he wants the pig back because it's a very specific pig. He trained it well and you can't really do that again very easily with another pig. Uh, but then it's later revealed in the film that actually grew a very strong attachment towards the pig because of his wife's passing, um, and I think that's interesting because it parallels uh, Amir's father because it's kind of like the same thing. He lost his wife, but instead of letting go, he's keeping her on life support in a coma uh, and just kind of not dealing with the situation. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage and Alex wolff they had a falling out, their characters. In the beginning of the film. And that's what led to the kidnapping of the pig. How did you feel about that whole plot line of the kidnapping and then trying to figure out where exactly the pig ended up? Because like it took some twists and turns I did not expect. It's like Nicolas Cage knew immediately who was probably behind it. And he went directly to Portland for it
0: you know yeah that's true yeah he, he didn't know who exactly was but he knew it seems that he knew what kind of people would do that mm-hmm. would steal a truffle pig
1: yeah because i think he went first to like some colleagues like other truffle hunters yeah uh it was him and amir and amir is like downplaying it don't want to like you know yeah. tell tell it you know tell everybody like hey you know looking for this pig. And then Nicholas Cage is like, I'm looking for my pig. Someone stole my pig. And they're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Who? Probably these people. And then that's when he gets sent to Portland. And then, then he's going into the restaurant scene. And I don't know if it's real or not, but like, do you think there's a fight club in (laughs) the Portland truffle scene underneath uh, the city?
0: Um, I don't know about a fight club, but there there are Between tunnels restaurant here. owners? <laughs> <laughs> there are underground tunnels here. <laughs> okay.
1: Because <laughs> I was watching, I'm like, okay, this That's, movie has now stepped into a different direction, but it was a very small tangent, uh, a much needed one, because it was a way for him to get information towards one of the restaurant owners. Uh, that could have been a Suspect on who kidnapped his pig. But like, I liked how they handled that scene because like it could have went full Mandy and like, you could have had like Nicholas Cage be crazy and like punch everybody. But instead, um, I don't know what kind of game it was. Maybe like a knockout game, but like he just let one of the restaurant owners, um, beat him up for one minute.
0: Yeah. It really seemed like, the game, the betting game was like how many punches they could take in 60 seconds Mm -hmm. without getting knocked out. But that's, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Really, it was weird. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely the the weirdest part of the movie. And it, I'm not gonna lie, but the the first time viewing it, it did kind of take me out of the movie a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how he could have handled it differently, but uh, again, it was it was a short scene, so it really didn't bother me too much.
1: Okay, if you were to reshoot this movie,
0: how would how would um, you uh, what what this. replacement
1: <laughs> scene would you have instead of that scene because I can think of a few things, but like I want to know what you would have done differently.
0: What I would have done differently. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't had a lot of time to think about that. Um, I wouldn't make it a fight club, probably. I'd still include the tunnels and the underground thing, yeah. but I wouldn't make it a fight club kind of like that. I would make it more of just like... Yeah, it's just, like, the, the chefs, like, of Portland, the, the higher-ups going there and, like, either sharing ideas or, like, cooking meals that they're experimenting with or something along those lines. Yeah. And maybe that would, it would add, like, another scene of him cooking something.
1: Kind of like a secret society of uh, yeah, truffle chefs. That That could have been more interesting than just, like a fight club type of thing yeah. or what they could have done was maybe like, I mean, for going all the way, might as well just do like a truffle black market that's underneath the city <laughs> where they're like smuggling in or maybe there's like even drugs there too. like, you could have took this in like more creative directions than just like, Oh, they're letting out their anger or their frustration on each other by punching each other. Like, it's a little, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, it's been it's done a before.
0: A little strange, yeah, I mean. yeah.
1: Is Tyler Durden going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, I do agree. That was uh, a strange scene, but it, it led to, I would argue, one of the best scenes of the entire film, which was when Nicolas Cage confronts one of the restaurant owners who ends up knowing him from the past
0: yeah I I agree that that's one of the best scenes I'd put it number two in my favorite scene list Uh, okay and I just gotta say the introduction of the little tapa that the girl reveals is so Portland (laughs) Which scene was that?
1: It, it, you're, oh, just the sure. deconstructed shellfish?
0: Yeah, that. That where she like reveals it. It's like uh-huh. it was smoked and all that. Yeah. I haven't personally experienced that, but that felt like such a Portland thing to do. Because <laughs> we, yeah. And it was just so like extra about something okay. so small. Right.
1: Yeah, and I I liked how uh, Nicolas Cage's character, um, his name is...
0: Robin Feld.
1: Yes, Robin Feld, Rob. Like, the way he even reacted to that dish was, like, perfect, because, like, you know, he's a seasoned chef, famous, he knows what he's doing, and, like, he just does not care about the plating, does not care about the experience, and he, yeah. like, just like grabs it and like eats it right away. And like the other piece, he like puts his thumb on it and like squishes it. Yeah. Like he could care less about the whole presentation of what they're doing. And he just calls for the chef and he's like, chef, bring me the chef. And when the chef comes out, it was Nicholas Cage did not yell, did not go crazy didn't throw a chair around. He just talked to the guy it completely cut to the core of this chef. And yeah. it was so beautiful and so masterfully done that I was like, now this is great.
0: Yeah. The, that monologue he has, like hitting that chef, like right where it hurts. Cause he, mm-hmm. he knew this chef before and knowing that this guy, he wanted to have a pub. Right. And he's just like, what are you doing here? Why, why is this, do you like this kind of thing? Like, yeah, that, that was definitely one of the most emotional scenes. Yeah. Even though it deals with like a minor character, it was, it really showed uh, what uh Nicolas Cage values, his character, what Robin values right. in his life which is just like yeah do do what you love kind of thing and and the thing is that Robin did that and then with his wife he he went back to he became a recluse and this guy instead of going for what he wanted he settled for like this weird kind of high class kind of restaurant Right, but he doesn't he, seem to really enjoy it. Right, because he
1: he wanted to make a successful business, and his reasoning was even though he wants to do the pub because you know Nicholas Cage was like you wanted to make a pub, what happened? He's like that wouldn't like no one wants a pub here. They want like this you know deconstructed hipster you know, <laughs> cuisine. Um, no one wants to go to like you know an uh, authentic English pub, and. Like, so it's like, you understand where he's coming from. And then Nicolas Cage, like, presses even further. He's like, none of these people care about you. These patrons don't care about you. The critics don't care about you. You know, what what kind of fulfillment are you going to get at the end of the day? You're going to go home and just realize that what you're doing is like a waste of time. And no one really cares. And you're not fulfilled. Like, you should have just did the pub.
0: Yeah. And it's I also like how Cage asks him what was going to be your signature dish and he just answers immediately. Yeah. He still has that like desire for that dream of his.
1: Right. Yeah, like even though he was being sharp and uh confrontational towards him, it was for his benefit. Yeah. Cuz like you know, even though it was funny because, like, he fired him to begin with. He's like, I fired you because he kept on overcooking the potatoes. <laughs> so it's like he cares about, you know, uh, his former employee students, um, but he wants him to do the best that he could do for something that he wants to do and not just because, you know, of the current trends uh, that Portland is going through. Yeah. Yeah, that was, oh, I love that scene so much. But you said that was the second best scene in your eyes. What was the number one for you?
0: Uh, his first confrontation with, uh, Darius, Amir's dad. Oh,
1: yes. Would you like to unpack that?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just so... It really shows how far Darius has fallen after Mm -hmm. his wife, uh, tried to commit suicide and how uh, cold of a man he is and it really shows like this is the first real scene where or not the first real scene but another scene that enforces how much robin cares about this pig because he offers him like a thousand like Two thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, a million, and each time mm-hmm. he just says, "No, no, right. I just want my pig." Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It really, it really hit me just how much he cares about this pig, and the hurdle he has to get through to find answers with Darius being so such a such an unwilling. Person to uh, give any sort of uh, a piece to him or anything like that, right? To to budge at all, and it really shows you what Amir's character has to deal with, also on the regular.
1: Hmm. Yeah, just the lack of empathy mm-hmm. and the lack of humanity in that man like it truly makes you empathize with uh, Amir for sure because it's like like you said he has to deal with that all the time. It's not like Nicholas Cage uh Robin trying to get his, you know his pig back just has to encounter this man for a short period. It's like, Amir has to live with this. So imagine what he's going through. Yeah. So let's go into full spoilers. So He was offering Nicolas Cage that exorbitant amount of money because he was not in possession with the pig by the end of the film.
0: Well, it's revealed that the pig died on transportation or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. After the original people that took the pig, they were too rough with it, and the way Nicolas Cage breaks down after he hears the news, and just the way it's filmed, and Nicolas Cage's face while Darius is explaining it it's a face that he knows what's coming he knows what Darius is saying and he just he's like in denial for a little yeah. for, for that until he hears the actual words yeah. and it, it felt extremely real because I've been in Nicolas Cage's situation with other loved ones that I have lost and I don't know. You can just feel that emotion and I I felt so much for him in that like kind of slow telling of the story reviewing the news and the way he again breaks down and starts crying is it's so real, so well acted. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, like you definitely feel the weight Of that scene, because, like, throughout this journey, you're hoping that he's reunited Mm -hmm. with his loved one. But at the end, it's, you know, it's not a happy ending. He finds out that his pig passed because, like, like how he put it, these junkies that he hired mishandled the pig. Yeah, they were too rough. Yeah, like... That must be devastating for Nicolas Cage. Like, I just feel so bad because that thats that's rough. That's yeah. really rough. And I think we all can relate to that because, like, you know, we all lost somebody. And it's like you're in denial, and then until you hear, like you said, the words, then it's like, you know, yeah. just uh, overwhelmed with emotion and Nicholas cage perfectly uh, showcases that because it's believable, which yeah. goes back to my earlier point that he is a good actor. If given the right material, given the right direction, utilized correctly because like movies, like was it? Willy's wonderland or it's just like, you know, balls to the wall insanity and like, <laughs> There's no artistry uh, on screen. Um with Pig, it's like like this might be one of his best films ever ever created,
0: you know? It's in my well, it's the best I've seen of Nicolas Cage. And then
1: the ending of the film, even though, you know, we get to that climactic moment and then the the ending movements is like full of grief, full of loss, yet there's a little bit of a silver lining because like in the beginning of the film, we didn't really know what was happening. Um, He has this cassette tape that says Robin on it and he just couldn't play it. And then by the end of the film, he puts in the cassette player and he plays it and ends up being his late wife singing a song. So what did you think that symbolized?
0: The song itself... Uh, if you listen to the lyrics really uh connects with cage's character mm-hmm. and his wife and it reveals a little bit of insight into their relationship but i just got to say that the the shot before or that 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 single shot final scene is beautiful and it's mm-hmm. so cuz it's it's just a rotating camera inside his shack and you get to see all these odds and ends in his house and you get to see like a little bit more insight into into his character at the end mm-hmm. and yeah the the cassette playing in the songs it, it was just so emotional again right I think for me it symbolized
1: he was ready to move on because he was so stricken with grief, he couldn't even play the cassette. And then, yeah. at the end of the film, he's able to listen to it. So that—that's progress.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's weird how well you had to lose again to be able to mm. play the tape, lose someone right. he loved again. Which I don't know how he could do that.
1: <laughs> right. It's like that emotional cathartic moments for the character, where which led him to that conclusion whatever the conclusion is because it's not spelled out to the audience (laughs) that he needs to learn to move on um from his loss and then it's also symbolized because after hearing the news and then going back to his home he talked to Amir, and you know it's revealed to him like you know i don't need the pig And this is early in the film too. I don't need the pig. I can find the truffles. I know how the trees work and how they look and pretty much where the locations are. So I don't need the pig. I just wanted him, you know, for Mm -hmm. emotional reasons. So he also maintains the business relationship with Amir. He could have just severed it after that whole experience, but he chooses to maintain it. Um, Which I think is pretty important because to some degree that he, he wants to continue with this culinary career in some way, shape or form, you know?
0: Yeah. And I feel also that he's finally become like a friend of his business partner. instead of just being business partners, they're friends yeah. now, especially after this whole thing. Absolutely. And even, yeah, even Amir was shown to value this uh, early in the film After Nicolas Cage kicks his car quite Mm a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Amir still goes to pick him up with his car.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So growth on both ends for sure. Yeah. All right. Ed, we reached the end of the show. And before we conclude, we're going to get off the fence on a few things.
0: Can I just say one thing? Sure. Really quickly. The film cinematography is magnificent. Oh yeah! If you, if you told me this was Roger Deakins, I would have believed you. <laughs> yeah the the
1: use of natural lights yeah was incredible. Like I don't know if there was any maybe for like the interior shots of like the restaurant or the weird Fight Club with the tungsten lights. <laughs> um, it's just like. Is a very minimal, subdued uh, color palette and just lighting overall just creates this beautiful haze, soft lights that's, yeah, I mean, it's very akin to Roger Deakins.
0: Yeah. And I also love the, the final shot where he's sitting in the bed and there's light coming down from his sunroof and mm-hmm. it's just shining just on him. Yeah. And he looks up to it. Just it, it's all it's so beautifully composed, and every yeah. shot takes its time. Really, oh, yeah. It's it's so much like Roger Deakins, and it works so well.
1: Yeah, cinematographer Patrick Scola. Like yeah. I don't know what else he did because like, he has
0: not done a lot.
1: <laughs> both of them, uh, yeah. the director and the cinematographer. Like this is like their first movie and you know i'm just, just so impressed because yeah. it's like where'd they come from
0: yeah you know uh, like the only notable things that the cinematographer has done i think i think he did one other movie possibly or two i might, I might be wrong on what i when i looked them up but, but he's still done he's done a couple fresh. like alt j music videos <laughs> and that's about nice that's
1: about it <laughs> Hey, they, if you have an eye, you have an eye. Yeah. And they definitely have, both of them have an eye.
0: Yeah. The, I I really hope they team up together again for one of their next projects.
1: It's probably going to happen. Yeah. Probably going to happen. Like, Hey, you want to make another movie? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Are you ready to get off the fence, Ed? Sure. Okay. So my first question for you is, was the kidnapping of the pig Amir's fault?
0: No, I do not Why? think it was at all Amir's fault.
1: Okay, what's up? Why do you think it's not?
0: How do I explain it? Like, yeah, he, he knows that he probably knew that telling his dad was probably a bad thing. But I think he told his dad to kind of try and impress him is what I'm what I thought when he okay. said that he told his dad that he, he can trying to show his dad that he can make it on his own kind of thing. Because it's it's talked about in the film, Amir says that he's always trying to show his or he's trying to show his dad that he can do what he what his dad can do by himself. He doesn't need his dad's help, mm. and I think mm. that's why he told his dad about uh, Robin and the deal they had going on. Okay, I don't think it was Amir's fault. I just think he 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 was putting a lot of value in, into. This thing that he, he made for himself, this deal that has proved to be very successful. And he was, okay. I think he was just trying to show his dad that he can make it on his own.
1: I can see that. But I also think it might go thematically since he's so ambitious and he wants to be successful. That initially, because of his naivety, told his dad, who is cutthroat, about this deal, and his dad could have orchestrated for the kidnapping because he ends up knowing where the pig was, so he is involved to some degree.
0: Yeah, I mean he did um, he did hire the junkies to kidnap the pig. Yeah, I mean his dad. At least that's what it is alluded implied. to. Yeah,
1: could go either way, and there's no conclusive. Uh, evidence but part of me is like if he just kept his damn mouth shut yeah at the same time maybe this was already in motion
0: perhaps yeah
1: so my second question for you is will Robin continue to be a recluse or do you think he's going to overcome his loss continuing from this movie
0: oh that's a hard one it is Because there's no...
1: and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: It doesn't tell you what what he's doing. He he does go back to his cabin, but I feel like... He will remain mostly a recluse, yes, he'll still be truffle hunting in his cabin, but I think he'll over time like him and Amir will be friends more 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 closer friends in general, and maybe through that he'll come out of his shell a little bit more, yeah, but i think I think he was happy where he was at, where Robin was at,
1: right. This life of solitude. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think the trajectory is what you're alluding to, like where he's still going to be, you know, outside of the city, naturally in the scene anymore, but he's going to be more social, more open, especially towards Amir and other people. So it's kind of like when he like closed himself off because of the death of his wife, he is now opening himself. He's more open to the world and letting people back into his life. So. It's definitely an improvement. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard the news, but Michael Sonarski might be directing a Quiet Place spinoff movie. Spinoff, okay. Yes. You know you, you know the trend. Yeah. You know, uh, an artist makes an indie film that's very popular, and then a big company uh, soups them up to uh, make their next uh, Marvel movie or whatever. Okay. So if he does direct the next quiet place movie do you think he'll even hold a candle to pig
0: no just because of what the material that he has to work with in the quiet place i don't i don't think he it will in my opinion of course right. he, I, he can he can take a completely different approach than the other two movies right. and make it more subdued and, and like that but If he's given
1: creative license, because typically they hire these indie directors and then they kind of use them as hired guns to make them do whatever they want. Um, So I think it depends. It depends on
0: how creative freedom he'll have.
1: Right. Like you can like add your little bit of flair, but not too much. I mean, this is a quiet place we're talking about. (laughs) You can't go too crazy. Yeah, you need to use at least a few soft boxes, some big studio lights. We can't just have no lights on on set. <laughs> uh, the, the DP is like this uh, jackass. Like, oh, listen, I need all these. <laughs> I don't care what you did on pig.
0: Yeah, got to put on a fat suit too. <laughs> uh
1: aw. Michael, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so my last question for you is: Would you recommend Pig to a
0: friend? That's all I've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, been trying to get so me. many people to watch this movie. So many people, and so many are turned off immediately after I say who who's the who stars in it. All you have to say
1: is, "This is Nicolas Cage's best performance."
0: That's what I say, and they still don't want, like. They're still like, um, no, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching a, what's the big thing right now to Spider watch Man? on Netflix? What? I
1: was going to say Spider-Man.
0: Oh. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the people I talk to, they're just like on like, most of them watch TV shows on like Netflix or Prime.
1: Oh, okay. Or whatever. Yeah, it's hard to compete with a TV show.
0: So much of a time commitment though. So much more <laughs> of a time commitment. That's why I it's watch less. movies more.
1: It's less, less of a risk because, like with a film, it's like oh, you yeah. oh, dedicate. Okay, is it going to be good? Well, with the TV show, it's low stakes.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Like I just have it on in the background, scroll through Netflix or <laughs> Instagram while I'm watching a show. Now this is definitely a much superior experience. I would 100% recommend Pig to a friend. Like this is, yeah. I mean, I love art house films like this
0: and. I live in Portland and they still don't want to watch it. We all live in Portland. There's not a whole lot of Portland movies. No, there isn't. I, I every time I, there's, there's a it... movie
1: that's set in Chicago, I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so it's like for you in Portland, it's like, you don't have a whole lot of Portland movies.
0: No, no. Yeah. Oh, also one of my favorite things. Uh, so there's a chant for the timbers. We have a rivalry with Seattle. We say fuck <laughs> Seattle a lot. Yeah. And, uh, I I really thoroughly enjoyed Nicolas Cage saying "fuck Seattle." I love those words coming out of his mouth.
1: Could you explain very briefly what this feud is between Seattle and Portland?
0: Oh, they think they think that Seattle is just a better Portland when it's not. It's not, and yeah, the, the soccer team isn't more of a soccer team kind of thing, maybe. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, I have felt that sentiment from people who don't watch soccer, just fuck Seattle. Uh, mm. It's just, we're, we're very similar, but we both think we're better than the other. We're better city okay. than the other. That's that's okay. basically the biggest thing. That and makes sense. It's just a northwest domestic Northwest rivalry.
1: Mm. It's
0: always been like that.
1: Nothing wrong with that. It's <laughs> competition.
0: Yeah, and we're, we're very uh, vulgar about it, but.
1: Yeah, we're kind of the same way in Chicago with the north and south side. No. We don't like each other.
0: It's an interstate rivalry.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, we also have two baseball teams at the White Sox and the Cubs.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Mm -hmm. Two stadiums. That's got to get a little... (laughs) It's a little dicey. So I definitely uh, relate to why you guys don't like Seattle. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready to wrap this up?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Let's do it. Okay, but that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Pig. Please check it out where it is available. And Before we go, I'd like to thank Ed for coming on to the show. Ed, thank you so much for coming.
0: Uh, Thank you for having me. And be sure to check out my own podcast where we take a different approach and watch not as good films and try to brainstorm how we could improve them. Uh, over at reshoot an amateur's guide to gooder film <laughs> and you can find that's us right. in all of your favorite places to listen to podcasts oh. such as spotify or apple podcasts
1: that's right but if you would like to keep this conversation going please add us on your favorite social media platform at syndicate that is syndicate on instagram twitter and letterboxd have discord Feel free to join the growing film community there at syndicate.com forward slash discord where I can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others. But if we miss anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye.